I would like to offer you the chance to tell me and any listeners about the single conspiracy legend that you think deserves to be much more of a widely held opinion than it is. If I'm sticking to real life things, I would I would just say simple stuff like the whole financial system is set up against us. That's more that's more political yeah, economy. Yeah, yeah. so so I'm so I'm going to steer away from that. I'm just going to go straight to aliens. Great. There's just so many witnesses. So the, the, for me, the two answers are, or actually, like the three answers, right? <laughs> Because I the four right, answers. I just invented another answer. They because uh, yeah, yeah. one of them there was a there was a Harvard psych- psychiatrist who he was approaching from the point of view of maybe this is just a feature that's within our brains, like like maybe this is like an undiagnosed, um, almost an undiagnosed medical condition. You know that maybe people do just see these really really specific hallucinations, or it is the, the probably the U.S. government more than any, anything else. Um, you know, invested in, or or the general military community at large, invested in perpetuating the fact that these things are out there to keep us. Um, oh, I, would you know, I really do sound mentalism talking about this, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad, I'm glad. The so all right, so or right, it's it's like the it's like the U.S. government and stuff trying to keep this myth even just as it being like a useful thing to hide military testing or else that there is actually something out there. It's worth at least opening your mind to the fact that one of the three of those possibilities might, might be real. If you're dead set, just don't believe in, in UFOs, don't believe in, in aliens or anything like that, that, that's fine. But at least question for a second what it would do to you if they did exist. Because the likelihood that there is life out in the universe is incredibly, incredibly high. So, you know, why can't they be here? It's a very long-winded way of just saying, um, keep watching the skies. <laughs> These tools are for you to Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. I'm Dave Marr. I'm a comedian who lives in Chicago. I survived a month-long coma about eight years ago and woke up and had questions, and I'm still searching for answers, and that's why I continue to book guests every week on this show, including this week's guest, Roger O'Sullivan. Roger is, I'm, I'm really, really stoked about this episode because Roger is an Irish comedian living in London, and we met during my first Edinburgh Fringe Festival. We were in the same tiki bar in Edinburgh, Scotland, um, the, a warehouse above that tiki bar called Bar Betos. So... We we met, we bonded over being in this really weird little, very supposedly typically fringy venue. And I followed him since. And he now has a podcast with his buddy, similar Irish comedian living in London, named Dennis Len. Dennis will be the guest on next week's podcast because I love their podcast. It's called Unexplained Legends. They talk about aliens, Bigfoots, freaking Atlantises, all the sorts of different conspiracies. 
but it's it's Roger doing the research because ex- he's fascinated by these things, explaining them to Dennis, who they're both they, they both clearly care about each other. They have beautiful melodious Irish accents, but they're too like you know the the characters they play on the podcast. It's too moderately dumb guys kind of puttering about these these concepts and and being very funny and uh i cannot recommend unexplained legends enough i first listened to it i listened to a few podcasts to go to sleep uh just to have some some chatter there and i could not sleep i was like laughing as i was trying to go to sleep to this podcast and I very much loved it the past the past few weeks leading up to it. So if you want to hear me and Roger talk more about Barbados, about Edinburgh, catch up, talk about their podcast, you can go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Marr. Every week, I release what I call the full convo over there. Now, there's, pro- there's probably approaching an hour of extra conversation of this this episode with Roger. Because my dream is to do this show full-time. I'm very proud of this show. I think it's unique. I think it's great. If you do too, you can become an afterhead, get awesome bonus audio like those full convos, like occasional after shows and other audio experiments I do for five bucks a month. And if you want to go further, donate 15 bucks a month, you become a pigeon-level patron who gets their name shouted out on every episode. That's Fred Fidawa, Susie Carroll, Katie Llewellyn, Kurt Chang, Shuba Singh, John Lee, and Debo. Thank you to all of them very much. Other ways to support, I, I say this every week, but man, I would I would really love, <clears throat> boy, I would really love an, a review this week. Could you, could you leave a review? Because man, it, it's looking lonely in the reviews on Apple. Last one was in May 2022. I know it helps the... Uh, the algorithm helps people discover the show, but honestly, it helps my ego a lot. A lot these days, you got you got artists, people who call themselves creators. I prefer artists because maybe I'm just pretentious that way. Telling people, hey, you know, I'd love for you to join my Patreon. I love for you to do this and this and this. And you might be thinking, um, you know, am I responsible for this person's like mental health, well-being, continued doing the art form? And the answer is yes. So just do it. Just leave a review or subscribe or tell a friend about the show. I'm an independent artist. I rely on word of mouth. So I appreciate you using your mouth to say words to tell people about the show. But I appreciate you listening no matter what. Find Roger's links to support Unexplained Legends and him in the show notes. And here is my conversation with him. I grab your whip and take it back to Shatown. When I'm in Shatown, I treat it like paint your hell. Oh, that uh, do you know? I've never, I've never, never contemplated that before. The I like, I, I instinctively go straight to the, I instinctively go straight to the, the the Catholic. Hell, you know, yes, fire and you were raised Catholic. Yeah, yeah, very, okay. very Catholic. So I, I jumped to that. But then when I really think about it, I think my hell would be filled with those people. Hey, listen, I like a good fact as much as anyone else. We bought, we've shared some great facts before, <laughs> start, before starting this, this podcast. But I, yeah. what I hate is the, well, actually, the, those people, 
Uh, okay. Yes. The that men. Yeah, mostly men. To be honest, the <laughs> the mostly men. Maybe maybe just for a little bit of just to, just to spice up hell. Maybe one in nine of these. Well, actually, people are are <laughs> are, 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 are women. But the those just those people that are like sticklers for rules that don't matter or like being correct about things that don't matter uh that is really my my absolute hell of you you know the people that go oh really it was literally it was literally you do know what literally means like that yes so grammar and diction police yeah 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 is that yeah because i used to find a lot of uh, you know, I understand the perverse joy in correcting someone about where a comma goes or whatever. And then I really realized that that's not the person that I wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I, I, I have a joke or two about stuff like that, that you, you know, when you, when you do, yeah, yeah when you do stand up, you're going to have jokes about finding people annoying and stuff like that. So that's going to, that, yeah. yeah, that's going to bleed in, but there's just, there's a particular like type of person who it's, it's like, why does this matter to you? That that drives me up the walls. Of, you know, if if you're, uh, if in in an office I used to work in before, I'd like I do this a lot. I like lean back and I'll you know like re, you know be leaned too back too far back in the chair and be like resting my legs up uh, on on a yeah. on a on, on a table or, or something like that. And just this person being like, uh, "You're really not meant to do that in the code of conduct or whatever." It's like you're oh, that. That's it. It's somebody who's not a manager who is obsessed with being a manager, who who their job is not yeah. managing you, but they've just like, oh, "Don't worry, don't worry. I'll, I'll the manager's not here, but I'll be the manager while the manager isn't here." Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, the wannabe manager. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, fuck off. And meanwhile, the manager is the most relaxed person because they just got to that position because they don't have enough ambition to leave the company, but they needed <laughs> they needed yeah. more money. So they're they're the manager, and the manager does not give a shit that what you're doing is completely wrong. And they're just like, oh uh, yeah, I don't care. But yeah, these people who are just like you know, st- yeah, st- standing up for, for all these little rules that don't matter at all. So yeah, that. Okay, so you're surrounded by them. Yeah. Is there any other, is it physically, are there any characteristics of the place, any other emotional elements? Um, Very bright sunlight. I don't like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So it it would be like, it would be like morning sunlight all day long. That kind of like. Okay. Okay. Time never progresses past midday. I love, uh, once it gets past midday, I'm okay. I feel like I'm going to survive the day. So it would always be pre midday. Um, uh, What else? Um, There would be limited access to water. uh, Okay. And and there'd be no tea. I I really can't live without tea. Um, Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just drink tea all day long. I genuinely probably have, I, I would say, eight or nine cups of tea a day. What's your tea? Oh, um, it, the uh, I there's Irish breakfast tea. Barry's is the the brand. I, I I have trouble getting it in London, but I just make a pot of that once, probably an hour on the hour, <laughs> and then just drink that until until it's done what's your relationship to coffee uh i I like coffee for me i feel like coffee is uh, so i I really like i like the taste of tea 
but coffee to me I associate it more with like a treat or a dessert or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'll have um coffee's more decadent to me. So I'll have coffee sparing. Sure, yeah. sure. But but it, but I'm not What's uh, the difference between Irish breakfast tea and English breakfast tea? So so they're they're actually that's a, a good question, Dave. The they're they're, they're, Thank you. they're very they're very similar, but the the problem is if you just ask for tea here, depending on the time of day, you might get something like an, an Earl Grey or, or something. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is just really different, very different vibe of tea. Whereas uh, it, breakfast tea in general is a little little stronger, a little, little darker and a bit more like str- stronger tasting. And and that that's what I really go for. That's just pure familiarity though. That's... Yeah. What's the, how do you take it? Oh, a little bit of milk and that's it. Okay. Yeah. And so just obviously none of that, not not even water to make the tea. Yeah. That would drive me up the walls. The, even, even if there was water, if it was always lukewarm or, you know, just like room temperature water that I would, I love, I love a nice cold glass of water and then a warm cup of tea. That's so really my hell is is warm water and cold tea. That that would be that's my hell. What do you hope happens when you die? So obviously, you know, the whole heaven thing would be nice. That that would be good. Classic Catholic heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big 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 party. Okay. Big party. Um but the I, I was listening to I was listening to um an I think are they called Imans? The Yeah. Iman Abdel Hadi? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, her episode's one of my favorites. I really yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. The, so I think like Yeah, I I I think I've ne- it's my again, I haven't thought about so much of this stuff since I was a kid. I think that's which really you shouldn't be thinking about death that much as a kid, but uh, I guess it's uh, now what I'm realizing is I thought about death and the afterlife way more as a child than I, um, than I, than I do now. So I'm, I'm. Well, that sounds good. I feel like you've been through the developmental phase and then have. It sounds like you've made some peace with it and then moved on with your life. Whereas I'm stuck in this. Um, I'm like, is this negotiable? Is this yeah, aspect yeah. of life? Can we not? Uh, are you sure this yeah. has to be for everybody? I think, I think, I think I'd, I think I'd like to be a, a relaxed pizza party would be a, that, okay. that would be a, okay. that would be a nice heaven of. Uh, Tell me about relaxed pizza party. So do you know, have you ever, have you ever been over over at a friend's house and you're maybe you've done something earlier in the day and you're you you're you weren't planning to spend the whole day at their house, but you're there later. It's not like a romantic thing or anything. It's it could be it could be mm-hmm. just you, you and them or it could be maybe, you know, a few people hanging together. And then you just start going down a rabbit hole of like, oh, have you ever seen this crazy YouTube video? Or yeah, or like, yeah. look look at this um, TV show from uh, from your childhood that you didn't know was up on YouTube, and you're watching like all this old, just all this old nostalgia stuff. And then eventually, it just gets to a point where somebody's like, 
oh, do you want to order a pizza? And then you're just like, yes, mm. yeah, I do, I do want to order pizza. And then it becomes this thing of just the we've we've ordered pizza, so we at least have, you know, you're not you're not having a slice of that and leaving straight away. Like we're we're relaxing here, right? For it, right. there's at least a natural end point for how long we're going to have the pizza and enjoy this moment. And then you just kind of you relax. And me and my friends always say, I I think it is just a cork thing, but saying bam out. Okay, what's the first word? Bam. B B like B A M? Uh B B A L M I think is is how we speak. Okay. But okay. You, okay. You go, "Oh, okay. I'm just going to bam out." And that's like bamming out is like is in a state of flow, but being in a state of flow for doing fuck all. It's like yeah. peak doing fuck all. And 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 you're not thinking, you're not thinking about Yo, know, I have to do this. I have to apply for this gig, or oh, I have this work. I have this to do on Monday, or right. or whatever. It's just like I I physically couldn't do anything productive now, so I'm just bammed out and I'm relaxing, and we're watching stupid YouTube videos or like Vine compilations. I'm getting waves of relaxation in my chest as you're describing. This. Yeah, that that's my heaven. Of just and and you're just there and you you, know, pe- pe- you saunter in and out of your people saunter in and out of that and you you're like you, okay yeah so, so you're there and you're just, so it's not the same two or three people no it's like it's like somebody's like oh I'm, you know I'm gonna sub out for a while and your grandmother comes and, and sits down and watches watches vines with you or whatever and and she <laughs> she she knows she knows what's up she yeah. you know she she, she knows vines yeah. Like that's it. That really, I guess, heaven is a pizza party where you're all have come to some kind of level of cultural agreement, and and you just understand everyone's like social, um, like social signifiers. And you're you're just like, oh yeah, oh, and references. And yeah, everything. yeah. So you, a, a joke never lands flat. You never have to explain something mm. to somebody that that like, you know. We, I, I always explain, or I always understand what the person's trying to say to me, and and they understand me. So we can just we can just relax. That's fantastic because it. Oh, that yeah, that that's really really good because it's not only generationally that you're getting that you're bridging communication it's culturally yeah so if someone comes from turkey or something and they're like referencing some turkish tv show they saw as a kid you like know what they're talking about that's like a superpower yeah and and as they're telling it to you it you it's not like it exists in your head but it's like it flashes you you learn it in the same way that you would remember something that that you complete like do you know that like unlocking a memory type thing Sure. Yeah. So it's like, it's like they've said that to you, and you've just gone, "Yeah, I do remember that." But like, you, yes. you know, yes. but you've just remembered it now. You've just remembered it from the full history of the universe. Yes. Yes. It's not like I'm remembering from my individual memory. I'm remembering from the collective consciousness that's then floating up through my individual memory. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you. It's like I'm talking to Muhammad, and I'm like, "Do you remember this episode of Pokemon?" And Muhammad's like, "Yeah, I do. I do. I do remember that episode of Pokemon." And I'm like, "I know. I know." 
See, this is the kind of unexplained legends flavor that I that I knew that I was hoping would come through in this podcast, and you're you're not disappointing. You no, know, that's that's why I that's why I think I love talking about conspiracies and ghosts and stuff so much because a conversation will only go so far unless you're both into it. You, you know, like it specifically if you're talking about UFOs. If some somebody will shut you down very quickly if they're just like I have no mm-hmm. interest in talking about UFOs and I don't and I, I don't, you know and I don't believe in them and I don't have any interest in them I don't even know if I like believe in them I just uh, probably do but the but, <laughs> but but when when you're when you're talking to somebody and they and their their eyes like I've had a, I've had a lot of. Uh, when I, when I was younger, I've had a lot of shitty office jobs. I'm sure a lot of people have had mm-hmm, have had those. Mm-hmm. And the the look like uh, when you're working a late shift in an office job, and the look on somebody on a coworker's face that you've never really talked to before, when you bring up something that they're like, "Yes, I want to talk about aliens." Like, "Oh, I never get to talk about aliens." Like, or or I never get to talk about ghosts yeah. or, or like spooky stories. The look on people's face is like that. That unlocks. That is. That's a beautiful feeling, and that that's what this would be like. It's like you, everyone's always up for the conversations. Yeah, I think I've looked through that more. Looked for that more through pop culture mm. than through because when it comes to because I have interest in that, but it's more like I'll I'll. I'm I'm open to hearing about UFOs, but where I really want to talk is like, let's talk about grief. Let's talk about um, alienation. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about that that kind of universal shit. But when it if it's not that, it's like the television show Survivor. Okay, yeah, like which is which is Survivor is a massively popular show mm. that when you discover someone who likes it a lot still somehow feels like you're talking about Esperanto or some yeah, like, yeah. incredibly rare language or something, um, which is just a strange phenomenon. But but I definitely know the lit up face effect. Yeah. Uh, and there are, there are just, you've, you've collected a lot of nice little, um, you know, people think about collecting in their, their heaven uh, which is not always where this question goes. Yeah, but they talk about collecting a lot of the best parts of life, mm. you know. But they're usually like big things, like loved ones, that kind of stuff. But this is a lot of the nicest little moments of life, and that's what I, I really appreciate the 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 texture of this afterlife. Yeah, when when I think about like the times when you're happiest first of all something that i think is really good to actively remind you yourself of or at least in my experience is you almost you can almost always find a moment that you just considered oh that was such a happy moment and and it's almost always it, it will be in the past you know you won't really be aware of it at, at the moment but mm-hmm. you'll keep generating them throughout your life it's not like it's not like I don't think it's a common experience to say the last time I was happy, I was 15 and, you know, and I, and I haven't been happy since it's like, Oh, remember last year that like amazing day or like, do you remember mm-hmm. the, like 
that finding uh being able to just be open to the fact that loads of them are still coming loads of those like brilliant days are are still coming in in the future to be open to the fact that they like exist but but the benchmarks like the real unbelievable you're just like wow you, you know that it's amazing that i ever had those days or always take me back to when when i was in secondary school me and my friends we we were called the home dogs um yeah <laughs> the home dogs just bombing out yeah bombing out the home dogs bombing out we we didn't call ourselves the home dogs but we were like a big enough group that somebody somebody jokingly called us the home Amazing. dogs once like i think probably taking the okay. piss out of us and we were just like that's unreal we are we are the home dogs now that is that is it uh and we we used to go to a place in Ballincollig where I went to secondary school. We used to go to a place that we called the the training grounds. The training grounds, and occasionally I think we also called it the proving grounds. I'll have to double check with with the home dogs, but I'm still <laughs> friends with all these guys to this day. That what it was, what the, what the training grounds were, <laughs> was a skip behind an office an office complex in an industrial estate that on a Friday evening would be filled with all of the cardboard waste from the office. So you had like big... And a skip is like a pallet? Uh, it's like a, a giant open top bin. Oh, the dumpster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. But like a huge one, you know, that the, mm-hmm, like you mm-hmm. could all climb in. And what we would do is we would go there on a Friday evening. We were probably 16 to 18 when we're doing this like we we didn't we didn't drink really like we we weren't big drinkers as uh as teenagers one or two in our group were but we we were having too much fun like doing way stupider shit than just drinking in a field and i would classify (laughs) this as part of it which is we would go there we called it the we called it the training grounds and we would climb into that skip and we would make armor makeshift armor from (laughs) the cardboard and you'd be like oh wow look at this and it would be like uh it would be a cardboard box that perfectly fit your body and you're like wow that's you know this is unreal <laughs> yeah. and, and like another you'd get like uh something a huge foam like a huge foam thing that had been used to like deliver a printer in and it fit perfectly on your head as like a, a you yeah, know it was like a yeah. helmet and we would make armor out of those and then we would just joust each other just running at each other with, do you know those like huge, really sturdy cardboard tubes that, um, yeah, yes, yes yeah, yes. that like posters coming and stuff. We, we'd, there'd be massive industrial sized ones of those, and there'd always be a few of them. And we'd put them on our arms and we'd like run full force to each other and just like, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and if you knocked somebody down and hurt them, like you would immediately go over and like be picking them up and you're like, oh, are you okay, yeah, man? Are yeah. you okay? But like, but still just going back and fucking. Yes, yes, of course, of course. Yeah. And, I can tell you that w- there was not a single thought going through our heads as we were doing that, other than just, this is so much fun. You know, this is, how is this like so, uh, they, there's no, I can't imagine how you can ever, like, how did we discover that level of enjoyment? And we probably, we probably only did it like maybe less than five times in total. But if, mm. if I asked like any of the lads about it, they would be able to just immediately go, 
yeah okay like yeah oh of course of course i remember the like the training grounds of course and one of the most beautiful things about it was that the security guard of the of like the office complex he would see us and he would just be like well as listen they they always throw all the stuff back in the skip at the end of the day Uh, it's not like that's you know just let them have their fun dude there are certain certain things adults can do to really that th- that are almost angelic level gifts yeah, yeah. to ch- a ch- to a child and that is absolutely one of them yeah it just let just bend the rules just enough we're not hurting yeah. anyone you know <laughs> even though they're trying to <laughs> yeah. as, as much as possible yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know sure if one of us if one of us died would we sue yes of course would you lose your job? Probably, but it's very nice of you to just let us to just let us do this. So you're saying that level of in the moment awareness that this is a peak moment of your life, yeah, is something you would want to translate to this relaxed pizza party. Yeah, that that you you know you're you know that this that. It's such a nice feeling that you're aware that you're experiencing happiness, but you're also content enough that you're not going to ruin it by just saying, wow, isn't this great to everyone, you know, and just kind of mm-hmm, just sour the mood mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, it's on the tip yeah. of your tongue, but you, you don't quite say it. You're just like, no, do you know what? You, I'll let it go unsaid. Heaven is just enough restraint to not make things, make the incredible moment awkward. Yes. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. In my second show that I brought to Edinburgh in 2019, there it was set in the afterlife. Mm. And one of the features of this afterlife was that you have to choose one memory that you can relive whenever you want. Yeah. So basically a room that you open and close however many times you want, whenever you want. But it does have to be one single memory. Just one memory. If that were the case... What memory would you choose? Just one memory. I think I would choose uh, a trip to Iceland that I went on in maybe 2018. Sounds about right. Okay. Uh, And before the fringe or after the fringe? It was after the fringe, actually. Okay. I think. Yeah. I, I think it was in March was when I went. So, well, I guess, well, I guess that's right in between the fringes. So that's, (laughs) that's like, that's pretty much perfectly both before one fringe and after, after the other, but sure. sure. But I just, I, I'm like very, uh, I'm very cheap. I don't like spending money. I, a friend of mine once said that I live on dust. That's, that's. That's my criteria for living, and yeah. they're not too far wrong. And this, I kind of went out of character, and traveling to Iceland is expensive anyway. Uh, I, I haven't tried to go back because the trip just felt so great when when I was there. I, have, I haven't tried sure. to go back yet, but it it was just a series of things where. I was very reticent about going and I knew it was going to be really expensive when I went, 
But then I just, I just loved it so much. It was like nowhere else I'd ever been before and nowhere that I've been since. And not long after I went, the like airline that used to travel from Cork to Iceland uh, went defunct. So it just, it just became like this. It, it was, it actually went defunct while there were some flights still in the air. So like if people were being told when they landed, or just so you know, you won't be flying back with this airline because this airline doesn't <laughs> doesn't exist anymore. Um, the yeah, it was called Wow Air, which I think yeah, yeah that, that yeah that you know you would be thinking wow if you landed and the, <laughs> yeah. the, the flight didn't exist anymore. But the it was just this thing of I felt so it felt so great that I'd taken this chance and that I'd gone there and uh. I went to see the Northern Lights as well. And mm. when I went to see that, uh, on the trip, the, the tour guide person said, okay, first of all, I just want to, I want to tell everyone that you've seen the pictures of the Northern Lights, right? They don't look like that uh, right. because you're, you, you just can't see light on that spectrum as a, a, as a human in the moment. So there, those, that's, you might be able to capture a picture of that with your phone and that's quite cool, but you know, don't expect too much. And also you have this, um, the way it works is that you can pay for the journey out to see them because you have to travel really into the center of Iceland to even have a chance mm. of seeing them. So there's no light pollution and you can just reuse that ticket for as many days as you want before you're flying home if you don't get to see them. So, wow. So like the day that, I went out there. The tour guide said like, oh, it was never, um, he'd never seen them that like active. And it, it, and, wow. and it actually looked like the, the pictures. And I, there's something I love. About- and you don't think this was a BS job on his part? So if he was Icelandic, I think I, I think I could have believed that. But he was, he, like, you're traveling for so long. And in a part of Iceland where there's just nothing to tell people about out the windows, because it's pitch black and everything's so cold, that he basically, his tour guiding was just telling us his life story. And his life story was that he was from, he was from somewhere in the UK and he met an Icelandic woman and then he moved to Iceland with her and he was living with her. And his story was about how he, he liked Iceland, but that he never even thought about moving, like traveling there before he uh, married like this woman. So yeah. He he had this very like dry, droll, like um English demeanor to him. Okay. And okay. and it was like it was like in a in a movie or something where he's like, I don't I don't believe it, it's Santa Claus. It, 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 okay, okay. It, it was like right. this melt so if so if it was BS, I think he should do that I think well done. It, it was an incredible act. Yeah, I think I don't. I generally don't yeah. don't agree with like lying to people like that. But but this <laughs> this was it, it. It would have been akin to I don't know if your parents ever said, "Oh, I don't know if Santa Claus will come," and then it's like, oh, "Wow, look, he did come, and he left a note, and it looks oddly like your mother's handwriting." But it, that, yeah, that. Uh, but but that whole trip was just like amazing. And when I try, if I try to get to sleep. Um, the reason why it like sticks so much in my head is like one memory is just if I try to get to sleep and I and I can't sleep, I'll picture myself just walking along, uh, 
Reykjavik, just anywhere that I can remember walking along while I was on that trip. And I'm not, even though I have talked about UFOs and and aliens and stuff in this podcast, (laughs) and I do have a conspiracy and unexplained podcast, but but I, I, listen, but I'm not that much of a hippy dippy guy. Um, But Mm. but in... You come at it from the science. Yes, yes. From as much of the science as I know. (laughs) But those... Those moments spent remembering traveling through Iceland really gave me a better idea of, and I'm almost even vomiting a little as I say this, but I'm only saying it because I genuinely do believe it, is a realization of the fact of like, oh, the moments of joy that you have in your life are just the, you know, the, the neurons of your brain connecting to allow you to experience those moments of joy. So, you, you know, you're you're just... In a sensory sense, you're just you're taking them in, and you're you're just experiencing them as as well as you can in the moment. So re- remembering them and being able to like vividly remember them is that is maybe someday you can uh, you can get to the level where you can fully experience them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't really believe that that's possible, but I do believe that like you can you know you can get damn close remembering good times and ju- just you know. Just, I'm not sure where in your universe this counts as a hippy dippy thought. It feels quite cold and and scientific in some ways, but I do, I do. I mean, I do agree. Yeah. So, uh, so I think the the thought of even even if it is just one memory, even if it is just me walking down Iceland or having like a beautiful breakfast in Iceland and walking around Reykjavik yeah. as my one memory that I can have in that room, it's like enough to know. It's almost just as good to know that everyone else will be experiencing their own memory as vividly as this. Like, has somebody else dreamed as much about their memory as I've dreamed about going back to Iceland? Now, the crazy thing about that is that I could go back to Iceland probably any time, but am I going to? Am I going to? (laughs) No. Well, I mean, I certainly understand the desire to keep the experience. It's almost a fear thing if I'm... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The case for you? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm worried about what might be different or what what did I remember that if I go back now, it's like, oh, you, you know, what have I experienced since that have dulled these, has dulled uh, these experiences sure, sure. for me? Was it a solo trip? Uh, no, I, I was traveling with, uh, I, I was dancing around that because my, my, uh, my, my, <laughs> My current girlfriend will definitely listen to this podcast, but it was with an ex-girlfriend. Okay, okay. So your current girlfriend doesn't know that you've ever had sexual thoughts or feelings no, no, no. She, she. We both agreed when we started going out with each other. We shook hands and we said, "We said no, that will wipe the slate." Yeah, you, you know the way it is. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm much, yeah, 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 absolutely. And I'm much happier now. You're a born again virgin. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm, and I'm much happier now, except for Iceland. If we could go to Iceland, that would be great, but. Right, 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 right. Now she might be saying, "Hey, uh, so wait, why are we? Why aren't we ever going to Iceland, this magical, most beautiful place in your entire?" Memory? And the real answer, Dave, is because that's where my other family live, and she. <laughs> What's your coma? A moment of transformation for you mm-hmm. does not have to be as momentous as a huge medical trauma like mine yeah. was. Can be a split second, can be totally mundane, 
but some moment where before you feel like you were one version of yourself and after you were changed. What would come to mind most is uh, when I first started going to counseling or like therapy type thing. Yeah. Where I was so reluctant to go. Uh, I, I was probably, uh, my dad has bipolar disorder and the, he, he was diagnosed with that at like a time where you were very, you were, you were probably medicated straight away. You know, that, that was like Mm -hmm. the, that was the professional wisdom is what you met, you, you know, you medicate this And, and my dad you know, thankfully now he's like doing like really well and he, he's been doing like w- really well for years, but he always had this, um, like there, there are, there were periods of time when I was growing up where my dad was pretty much, you know, nearly like catatonic levels of, of depression or, or of yeah. just like not barely getting out of bed, like barely having any interactions with him. And like and and living in the same house and just you know barely having any kind of like I- interactions. So I I had this like I guess I had this fear of what what would happen if you acknowledged and went to seek help for mental health problems. Mm-hmm. And that so that was always something that was in the back of my mind and. As a result, I think I always dealt with, I always dealt with mental health stuff in probably a very unhealthy way of feeling like, oh, you should be white knuckling this, or you, you know, if you if you get somebody else involved in this, like you'll just be medicated, and and which and it, it will go really badly. Um, now, and having said that, you know, I know lots of people that ha- now. My my dad would have been like diagnosed in the eighties, so mm-hmm. the I it was just something. It literally with him, it was just like every every few months, just trying like a new drug on him to the point that he has all these like different chemical dependencies based on different, um, you know, based on different drugs that they were kind of just trying out on him. Like me, me and my brother mm-hmm. joke that there's so much lithium in my dad that uh, we're going to like use him as an iPhone battery when he passes away that like that, that, that it, he's just that he might be full of like rare earth minerals as a result of the amount of lithium that he's been put on. Totally. Yeah. But the, uh, it took me so long to get over that hurdle of like, I, I would get so close to breaking point. And I remember being, being at this huge breaking point when I was probably like, it's one of those things that you, you feel like an adult at the time, but it it makes you sad now when you think of mm. when it when you think of how young you perceive those people to be. Where I, I think I was maybe twenty three or twenty four when I was like working a job that was just put you know getting me to the I was right at the edge of my like limit uh, mentally and emotionally of just like what I could put up with, and I also was. Because I didn't want to do that job, I was doing a night course to like reskill in something else as well. And I was reaching my breaking point with that. It was just too much, too many things um, on my plate. And I really felt like 
I couldn't step back or admit any kind of admit that I was, you know, experiencing. I, I wish that. Sorry, I just covered my mouth there, and and I wish that I was doing one of those things that you see where people, you know, break break, you know, start breaking down a bit. But actually, <laughs> I just had burritos for lunch, so <laughs> it was just me like burping. But but it might have looked like I was really, you know. Uh, I was told back. Well, you know, this isn't a video podcast, oh, so you could have gotten away. Damn with it! That. Well, the well, but but I I w- was at my at my limit, and so, like a few people that I confided in were like, "You you need to, you really need to, um, you know, see somebody. Like you need you you yeah. need to talk to somebody." And I was so reluctant, and eventually, I pretty much like broke down, and I was like, "Okay, I have to I have to go to my GP," and. My GP uh, was like actually quite quite young in the grand scheme of things. The he, he was probably in his thirties, and he he mm-hmm. was like, you know, he he hadn't been qualified that long, so he had this like newer outlook on things, which I wasn't expecting because I I wasn't really going to the doctor much at all, you know. Um, mm-hmm. the, I feel like that early twenties period, you just never ever go to the doctor for anything. You know, sure. you're just like well yeah my foot hurts forever now because i fell over <laughs> drunk but that you know i don't i'm sure that will never come back to bite me in the ass uh but but i went and he and i said like i was i pretty much was in tears and i was like i i like i can't go on medication like i, I don't you know i don't want to go on medication um and he he said like oh well we would never start somebody on medication now unless they'd gone through other um unless they'd gone you know unless we were certain that it was going to help them or that they'd gone through mm-hmm. other um paths first so he was like well it really sounds like if you're if you don't want medication you know i i, I would always strongly recommend people to go to counseling first and i was like i don't think i can afford that and he was like well y- mm-hmm. you can there's there happened to be a counseling scheme in in my area in cork where you could um it was like a pay what you can type counseling. Yeah. Uh, and when I first started going, I I was saying things that I'd probably never had said to anyone ever, or like had never, you know, acknowledged or spoken out loud. And I remember there being like one day that I was at that counseling session. And I remember just saying this uh i felt like the i felt like i had woken up and that i'd been asleep for probably the past like 10 years of my life let's say five years of my life anyway where i'd just been like going through the motions and not uh not engaging with life at all and i felt like I had woken up and like I had newly engaged with reality. And it was, it was like, I, I was awake again. Um, and that I was ready to actually think about things and engage with things and think maybe, you know, maybe you can actually, um, maybe things can actually be good and they're not always just going to be bad in the future. And I remember her saying, um, how many more sessions do you think, you would like to do um of of this and i said oh well probably um probably you know at least another one 
And then the counselor said, are you just saying another one because you feel like you can't, you, you feel like you can't just say we're done. And I was like, yeah, that's, that, that's true. So then she said, yeah, well, I think you don't, you don't need this at the moment. Um, wow. yeah. And, and, she, and it's like, oh, and she said, and I hope, I hope that you don't need it again for, for a, a long time. Um, and, and I've, I've been back and forth to counseling since then, you know, and have, have needed stuff, but it's not it just because you've like fallen down again and, and needed to top, top back up your, your emotional state. It, it's, it doesn't undo that first like work. It, it, it felt like being unplugged, you know, like you just, the, yeah, just like you could, you could finally flow. Yeah. Wait. So the therapy unplugged. You. Yeah. If it, it felt like okay. that. Yeah. 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 That's such a. It's. It sounds like such a different experience than I've had <laughs> in therapy, which is often, uh, it, which has has been probably mostly positive. Mm but so frequently is um, this seems to be forever. Are we doing this forever? Is this, you know, where does this, I mean, I'm, I'm so jealous of this, of this end point you're describing. It's like the kind of, you know, epiphany that seems so rare. Yeah, it is. So part of that probably comes from maybe she was thinking, He's probably on the lower end of my pay scale. So <laughs> if I can get rid of him, I can get somebody else yeah. in here who can pay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The slot, I only have so many. Yeah, like really? 25 euro a session? Like you can't give me more than that? They, uh, but but the, I feel like with, yeah, I, I think, so obviously healthcare is like really different over in I, I, li- I live in london now and in in the uk it's even different from ireland ireland is like a semi-private semi it, okay it's it there is public health care but it's usually not uh it's usually not great even though i have had very good experiences in particular of uh with the mental health services in in ireland but they could always obviously be better funded but i have to say to be fair that is definitely a rarer experience because every time I've gone back to therapy and counseling since, even if it's been really productive and useful, the end point usually comes from, yes, and um, this is your uh, the last of your 12 mandatory sessions that you're mm-hmm, allowed in this period. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I guess then we'll just be set, you know, we'll be settling up and, um, and I hope, I hope that was, uh, that was, that was good for you. Or, or alternatively, um, alternatively, I did, you know, I once did have, um, I once did have a session with somebody who was filling in for somebody else and he was, um, he was a Norwegian, um, he, he was a Norwegian, uh, therapist. Not, not that, that doesn't, matter hugely but it's just just go in just fucking give it to him yeah he he just he just had this different attitude that i feel like the usual irish person that i was with didn't have and yeah he he came in and he first of all he just said it's sorry do you mind if i eat my lunch while i'm talking to you because i haven't been able to eat lunch all day and i was like yeah that's fine he takes out a cartoonishly large sandwich 
and <laughs> just starts like eating it. It's just such a sloppy yeah. sandwich, is just like falling everywhere. Oh, wet. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, and he's he's eating it, and and as I'm saying, I'm like, hmm, hmm, hmm. And then at one point, I was just kind of saying, just mulling stuff over to him, and just saying like, you know, I really don't. Um, the that uh that that particular course of therapy i was doing because i'd been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and i was just saying like oh, i'm just like analyzing everything um you know through this lens of like what and, and then he, he just goes he just said yeah he goes do you know what he goes sometimes sometimes you you don't really need to think about it too much and, and he said he said i wouldn't think about it too much he goes you know you can you can go off and if you really want to figure out every aspect of your life, I'd go off and I'd do like I'd go see an analytical psychiatrist, and he said they'll cost you like they'll cost you fifty to a hundred euro a session, and you'll probably go for ten years, and by the end of that, you know, you'll really have everything figured out. And he goes, I go to one myself, and he goes, you know, they'll figure your whole life out for you. But the real question is, how much of your life do you need figured out for you to go about your business? Because not everyone needs, you know, 100% of their life figured out. So maybe it's not worth that amount to you. And then he just continues eating a sandwich. And I think a, uh, I think a past me would have just been totally frustrated by that and just been like, you yeah. know, fuck off. <laughs> you know? But then a bit of me did think, oh, I guess, I guess he's right that I just... You, you know, this doesn't need to solve everything for me. Going into that second therapy session or like that second set of therapy sessions as well, I probably did an inflated sense of what I was going to get from it because the first one was so cathartic. Sure, yeah. Sure, right. I was like, where's my, where's the sequel to my first movie? Where, yes, <laughs> where is it? Yes. But I kind of equally got something good from that of just somebody saying, you know, sometimes your mental health just needs to be good enough. And if it's good enough for you to, keep working on it then that can be enough to 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 keep you present and to keep you working on it sure well what he said is such a a rich text of of frustrating and true but not in the exact way he means it yeah things and it's like, and what's also funny is it sounds like it's one of the most memorable aspects of that round of therapy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're like this clown, but he actually says the thing that you're like, well, I wish he hadn't said it with a mouthful of turkey, but it was true. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know what? If you can just throw thousands of pounds at this, you probably will eventually figure something out. Right. And I go is also yeah, like, yeah. I go to one. Yeah. It's like, but are you recommending it? Or are you not recommending? I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a very, very loaded three star review of analytical psychiatry. Yeah. He was kind of, it was almost akin to saying, like, well, you know, I have Disney Plus. I use it sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but really, you can just get by with Netflix. That, yeah. That's my recommendation. <laughs> If 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 you if you want to see the Star Wars shows, it's the only way to see the Star yeah. Wars shows. But do you really need to see the Star Wars shows? Do maybe maybe you get it from the movies? Yeah, or you know maybe you just maybe you just subscribe for a month at at the end of the year and you just binge <laughs> them all, and may, maybe that's okay. <laughs> that's. Well, I mean, I'm I'm glad you had the the, the one enlightenment experience. Yeah, at least that's a uh, 
you're yeah you're due, that's, a, that's a, you're due one though dave yours is coming <laughs> well well see my my experience is i i've had them yeah but i don't think they last i think no, epiphanies you're right epiphanies are bullshit is a is a fundamental pillar of my of my belief system yeah um i think i think it's like it's i approach it in the same way as i approach if you've ever had like these fleeting friendships where mm. you can spend forever dissecting why did that friendship end or or you know or or like oh or why you know why can't this um why can't this keep going on or like like that that kind of epiphany type moment i had is i could keep i could tear it apart and go well you know it is it, 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 you know it, it's it's useless and i was probably just tricked at the time but you kind of just have to I think stand back sometimes and say, I'll like Iceland like that. Like I'll let it be the good thing it was. And I won't just, you know, dissect it. Mm -hmm. I I won't, I won't tear it down and I'll just acknowledge the good bits from it and then try to gloss over the bad bits, but also don't just, don't just use it as an excuse to say, um, to say, well, you know, everything's, everything's rosy now because I had that one epiphany. That is the show. Thank you for listening. Check out Unexplained Legends. It's so funny. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I feel like we've been having a few really classic episodes. I've been in a in a bit of a depressive funk where I haven't been promoting them as much. So if you're able to tell people about the show, I'd really appreciate it. Um, leave a review to boost my my ego, my sense of self worth for another week. I'm, I'm not really that volatile, but. You know, well, I'm just trying to just say whatever works. Does that work? Do you need me to project more confidence? Hey, I love the show. I love you listening. Leave a review for the show. That would be great. I love you. And until next week. Oh, join the Patreon. Until next week, join the Patreon at patreon.com slash Dave Marr. And also until next week, remember, you are a mist. Miracle.